0: I ask that you turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. You all have heard me preach often enough to know I am very fond of going verse by verse through a portion of Scripture when I preach. But I would like this morning, as Brother Cecil Roach told me to do, to give you something very simple, that you can put in your lunch bucket and take to work in the morning. And it's these three words that are found in verse 7, or 1 Peter chapter 2. He is precious. He is precious. The word precious that Peter uses here literally means the price itself. He is the price itself. He is the full price price himself. He is preciousness. The word means preciousness. Christ is precious personified. He is preciousness. He is the pearl of great price. And I've spent some time looking at this phrase. I've come to this conclusion. I've got a few pages of notes here. But human language cannot express how precious the Lord Jesus Christ is. Paul, in his second epistle to the Corinthians, said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Even the Apostle Paul had to say, it's unspeakable. Human language cannot express how precious he is. The Lord Jesus Christ is so precious He cannot be bought at any price, yet he can be had without a penny. Look at Isaiah 55. He's so precious. He cannot be bought at any price, yet to the sinner he can be had without a cent. In Isaiah 55, verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. They yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Now, something in our determination, you know, we determine something is precious. It's precious because it's rare. There's a, I can't remember the baseball player, there's a baseball player of old, and not very many of his baseball cards were printed. And, but if you can find one, they're worth. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, because there's not very many of them. Something that's rare is precious. And something in our determination that has great intrinsic value is precious. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is precious. He's rare. He is the only perfect man to ever live. There's not been another one. He never sinned in thought, word, or deed. Never. He's perfect. He's rare because he's the only begotten Son of God. And he's rare because he's the only Savior. There's salvation in none other. This is the only salvation to be found, is found in Him. He's precious. And He has great intrinsic value. He's God. I mean, what more can you say? He's God. He's precious because of the majesty and the glory of his person, of who he is. And he's so precious, he's so valuable, that this one man saved a multitude of sinners no man can number. In him, sinners, sinners who are vile, who are unrighteous, who are guilty, who are defiled by sin. In him, a sinner is made as righteous as God himself, as holy as God himself. He is precious. He's precious in his person. He's precious in his character. This man receiveth sinners and eats with them. Oh, he's precious. Publicans and harlots were comfortable in the presence of our Lord He's patient and he's kind to sinners. But now he has harsh words to the self-righteous, to those who are righteous in themselves. He has harsh words. But he's kind to sinners. He heals the brokenhearted. He strengthens the weak. The, The smoking flax he won't quench. He's precious in his character. And the character of our Savior is giving. He gives so generously and so freely And he gives generously now to the undeserving. Scripture says he giveth more grace. Now, if you need grace, if he's giving grace, by definition, that makes you undeserving, does it not? He giveth more grace. Not just a little bit. He giveth more grace. The character of our Savior is giving, and his character is forgiving. He's not constantly bringing up our sins both of the past and the present. He's not constantly beating you up because of your sins and your guilt. He forgives those sins. This man is a true friend. This is what Solomon was talking about, a true friend that sticketh closer than a brother. This friend can truly comfort. Now I can send words of comfort to my brother Jeff. I I pray for him. I think about him constantly, about his family. And I can be kind. I can say some kind things to you, Jeffrey. But I can't comfort your heart. This man can. And he does. He can comfort the heart. He can comfort the heart because he forgives your sins to put away. And this friend will never leave you nor forsake you. He's precious in his character. He's precious in his offices. His office is prophet, priest, and king. As king, his commandments are not grievous, not just people, they're not grievous. We delight to live under his rule, the rule of his kingdom. And he rules and he reigns in absolute authority for the good of his people. This king never makes a mistake. And he uses his power to protect and preserve his people. And his kingdom is a calm, peaceful, loving kingdom because of the king. He's precious as king. He's precious as prophet. And what's the prophet do? The prophet reveals God to the people. And that's what Christ does for his people. Look over Matthew chapter 11. We would never know the Father apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't know the Father apart from Christ the prophet. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. This is that prophet the prophet that would come and reveal the Father to his people. And we'd never know the Father apart from Christ, our prophet. And he's precious as priest. Now, what's the priest do? Well, the priest represents the people to God. Now, we're sinners. That's the way we're born. We're sinners, and we cannot stand in the presence of God. But Christ, our high priest, can. And he does, and he offers the sacrifice that the Father will accept and lets us stand accepted in the beloved. He's precious as the priest. And that sacrifice that he offers, that sacrifice is precious. The one sacrifice of Christ put away a world of sin, put away all of the sin, of all of God's elect in one sacrifice. Now, those Old Testament sacrifices, they were important. That sacrifice, morning, noon, and evening, the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, now, it must be offered. That blood must be shed. There were many animal sacrifices, but they never put away a sin, not one single sin. You know what those sacrifices, all they did, was require another one. Just it required another one. Then, after thousands of years, at God's appointed time, the Lamb of God appeared to put away sin, to do what those Old Testament sacrifices never could do. He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Look over at Hebrews chapter 10. And we don't offer blood sacrifices anymore because there's no need. There's not a need for another. One was enough. In Hebrews 10, verse 10, By the which will? By the will of the Father, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. And once for all suits the purpose, doesn't hurt the term. But for all is in italics. That's been added by the translators. We're sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once. One sacrifice was enough. Look at verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. He's so precious because it just took one. Just one sacrifice. Now there aren't many things that are precious both to God and to sinners. Can you think about two more opposites then God and sinful man, there are not many things that can be precious to both of those polar opposites. But the sacrifice of Christ is so precious that it's precious both to the sinner and to the father. Look over back at Ephesians chapter 5. The sacrifice of Christ is precious to the father. In Ephesians 5, verse 2, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. That sacrifice to God, to the Father, was a sweet smelling savor. And the sacrifice of Christ is precious at the same time to sinners. Unto you therefore, which believe He is. Precious. Precious both to the father and to the sinner. The death of Christ is precious. Now, the death of a loved one is not precious to us, to those who are left behind. It's not precious. You you miss that person. You miss their presence. We can be thankful if it's a believer, someone who, who loves Christ, who Christ died for. We can be thankful that they're in glory now but it's not precious. The absence of them in our our daily lives is not precious to us. But the believer loves the Lord Jesus Christ so much. He loves him like no other whom having not seen ye love, even though we truly love him, his death is precious to us. His death is precious because it's a substitutionary death. Here in 1 Peter Chapter 2, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes, through his death, we are healed. It's precious because he bore our sins. In verse 18 of chapter 3 there in 1 Peter, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, a substitutionary death, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For us. He hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. In him. His death is a substitutionary death. And to the sinner, that's precious. His death is precious because it's a voluntary death. No man taketh my life from me. I lay it down on myself. I lay it down freely for my people. I lay down my life for those that I love. Now we can understand something of that kind of love. There's two people sitting here this morning I would gladly, joyfully give my life for if it would preserve their life. I'd do it so joyfully without a moment's hesitation because I love them. How much more our Savior that he would love someone like you and me, sinful men and women, rebels, he voluntarily laid down his life because he loved his people. The greatest evidence that Christ loves you is that he gave his life a ransom for your souls. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And our Lord, our Savior, voluntarily laid down his life for his people Oh, his death is precious. His death is precious, thirdly, because his death set us free from condemnation. We've lived under the condemnation of the law our entire existence on this earth. But because of the death of Christ, we're free from that now. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. His death set us free from that condemnation. He's precious in his death. The name of Christ is precious. Oh, and his name precious. And his name is precious because it describes who he is. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. God Almighty clothed himself in human flesh to come be where we are, to be our substitute. He dwells in his people now, Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, that's precious. It's precious if you have any concept of existence without him. Existence without him is hell. God with us. His name is Jehovah, God my Savior. That name's not precious to everybody, but to a sinner. One for whom God has given eyes to see himself as he is. Jehovah, God my Savior. It's Precious. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That's precious if you can't provide anything for yourself, isn't it? It's precious. He'll provide everything God requires and everything that you need. His name is Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. That may not be precious to those who think they're good enough in themselves, but to the sinner, that name is precious. Precious. Oh, how I need him to be my righteousness. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. Oh, his presence. Prisons would palaces prove if Jesus would dwell with me there. Look over in Acts chapter 4. His name is precious. In Acts 4, verse 10. Be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become of the head of the corner. And now listen, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is precious. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. Because his name is precious. The Father hath given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that he's Lord. God the Father has given him a precious name. And then, something that we don't have is precious. Something we don't have. If you don't have something and you need it, it's precious. Water is precious to a thirsty man. There's a, there are a number of movies I really like. And, buddy, whenever I see them on that digital cable, I turn it on and I watch I don't have to watch the whole thing, but I like bits and pieces of it, you know. One of those movies is Remember the Titans. If it's on, I'm going to watch some of it. And I flipped it on the other day. It came right on to time. I don't know if you've seen the movie. But the mean old football coach is making them boys do extra work because one of them said he's thirsty. He said water's for weak people, and he wouldn't let him have any water. And chance, I hate that. Oh, I hate this part of this movie. She's just angry about it, you know. And I know that it's true. You ought not make people, you know, they go get you a drink of water during practice and stuff. But now I came up under that kind of coaching. Water's for the week. And when I played in high school playing basketball, you didn't get a water break anytime you wanted. And when you got a water break and you didn't have water bottles and stuff, you went out in the hall and got a drink out of the drinking fountain. And buddy, you when it was your turn, I mean, you hugged that water fountain. like it was, I mean, you sucked on that little stream of water coming out of there for all it was worth because water to a thirsty man is precious. I may have used this example here before, but suppose you had a great big bag of gold. I mean, we'd be happy as could be. Oh, we'd be so happy. Suppose you're lugging that bag of gold across the Sahara Desert and you had been without water for about two days. And you can move faster without that gold. You'd not think two seconds about dropping that gold to get to water. The Lord Jesus Christ is the water of life. Come drink freely. You will if you're thirsty. If God salts you, You'll come to the water of life, and you'll come his way to the water. And drink out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's the water of life. Bread is precious to a starving man. Now, I don't suppose that at the moment food is all that precious to anybody. Most of y'all probably ate some breakfast, and you're not too hungry yet. But to a starving sinner one who has no substance, no life in him whatsoever. Christ is a feast to the starving sinner. Look over at John chapter 6. He's a feast to a starving sinner. He's the bread of life. You know, these people that followed our Lord around during his earthly ministry, he once he worked a miracle, give them some uh, free lunch, they're following him. And they want signs, and they're trying to do all these things, you know, get a free lunch. And they said in verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. To a world of Hungry people. He's precious to those who are hungry. Clothing is precious if you're naked. If you were suddenly found naked in front of this group of people, you'd be scrambling as fast as you could to find some covering. Covering, clothing is precious to a naked person. Well, no believer will ever be found naked in our Lord Jesus Christ. He's clothed his people with his perfect robe of righteousness. No more trying to make our rags cover our nakedness. Dressed in his glorious righteousness. Life is precious to the dead. Now, I've seen people die, and it's astounding to me how their their body fights to hang on to life. And someone said one time, this helped me a great deal, God made these bodies for living, not for dying. That's why they hang on to to life. Life is precious to the dead. And friends, we were born into this world dead in Adam. We have physical life, but spiritually we're born dead in Adam. But Christ is our life, and he's made his people alive in him. We're made living stones because Christ is our life. He said, because I live, you shall live also. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Because Christ is our life. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Life is precious to a dead man, to a dead sinner. Christ is our life. That makes him precious. Peace is precious. And I have my notes here. Peace is precious to a defeated enemy, but I, I would reckon that peace is precious to anyone who's been in war. I see those pictures. Holly's got a picture the, in her apartment there of the celebration in Times Square after uh, I think it was VJ Day. The VJ Day. Well, that was a victorious people. All oh, that peace was precious to a people who'd been in war. Our carnal mind is enmity against God. And friend, that puts us in a war we cannot win. We cannot win. But the Lord Jesus Christ made peace through the blood of his cross. And all that peace is precious to a sinner who can come to the Father in peace. Righteousness is precious. But I'm telling you, righteousness is precious only to those who see themselves as unrighteous, as defiled in sin. And sinners, like I said a minute ago, are made righteous in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah "Kenu, the Lord our righteousness. Sanctification is precious. But now it's only precious to those who are defiled, who are unholy. And Christ is our sanctification. He doesn't just provide sanctification. He is our sanctification, made holy in him. Wisdom is precious to the ignorant, <laughs> to the ignorant. I bet Jeff never cared all that much about the wisdom of cardiologists until he needed one. He don't have that wisdom, but somebody else having that wisdom is You see what I'm saying? Well, we're born spiritually ignorant. God must make us see ourselves for what we are as spiritually ignorant. We're born ignorant of righteousness. We don't know what righteousness is. Man, by nature, thinks righteousness is just doing better than you did before or doing good enough, doing more good than you did bad. That's not righteousness. We're born ignorant of the law. People think, well, I keep the Ten Commandments and, you know, and, you know what they really think? If I don't get caught lying, I'm, I mean, we're ignorant of the spirituality of the law. We're ignorant of who God is, of what God requires. But the Lord Jesus Christ, how, how are you going to learn these things? How are these things going to be revealed to you? They're going to be revealed to you in the Lord Jesus Christ who is our wisdom. And that'll never be precious to you. Do you see yourself as ignorant? Redemption is precious. Now, who's redemption precious to? Those who are sold under sin. That's who is the people who find redemption as precious, and Christ is our redemption. He is the price itself, the price that's required to set us free. He is made unto us wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Wealth. Wealth is precious to people. People do a lot of things for wealth. When the lottery gets up to a certain amount, I always think it's funny. Well, you know, the lottery's $100 million. I'm not going to buy a ticket for that. You know, that won't change my life. Well, I mean, like it gets up to $300 million, You know, I'm going to run out and buy a ticket. And people do that because they understand that that wealth would change their life, and it's precious to them. We're born spiritually bankrupt without anything, without anything that God requires. But in Christ, we have all of the riches of God himself. He's rich in mercy. The riches of his grace, the riches of his goodness which leadeth us to repentance. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, told them that the Lord had called him to preach among the Gentiles, what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. And in him, all those things are ours. You know, the riches of this world, people love to win the lottery, and but the riches of this world are deceitful. Look over in Psalm 119. The riches of this world, Psalm 119, verse 72, are deceitful, but the riches of Christ are far better. Psalm 119, verse 72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of silver and gold. Why? Why is the riches of God's mouth, the riches of his word, better unto me than thousands of silver and gold? because the riches of this world perish with the using. You know, if if your riches are put in a stock market, one day they can be up here, one day they can be down here. It's it's deceitful. It perishes with the using, but the riches of Christ are eternal. When God gives those riches, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Solomon talks about durable riches, and he's not talking about silver and gold. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. durable riches. And in him, that wealth is precious to those who are spiritually bankrupt. Freedom is precious. To anyone in bondage, freedom is precious. People give their lives fighting for freedom, and I'm so thankful for them. All the the men, the women of our military who are at this moment putting their life in danger to protect our freedoms. That's precious. How about to those who are in bondage to the law? In bondage to sin, in bondage to freedom, who cannot set themselves free. But in Christ, we are called God's free men. Set free in Christ. Light is precious. To someone in darkness. What's well, the first thing you do when electricity goes off? You don't run to your computer to see if you can use it a few more minutes on your battery backup. You go looking for a flashlight. You are looking for a candle. You know, you're all without electricity for, you know, for a couple of weeks or however long it was. And the thing that bugged you the most, you don't have any light. And it gets dark outside, you can't see. Light is precious to those who are in darkness. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He shined in darkness. The darkness comprehended it not. That's true. But those to whom God made them see that they're in darkness. And I'll talk about more about this in the second message. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ is precious. Solomon said light is both a sweet thing and a pleasant thing. Well, it is to those in darkness. The right way is precious if you're lost. If you're lost. You know why GPSs are one of the most popular items to buy for a car? You know, they even, they're built in now. You know why? Men won't ask for directions. And they get their family lost. Buddy, the right way is precious to those who are lost. hmm There's a man at Hurricane Road. Paul Mayen told him, don't follow your GPS to Rocky Mount. You'll never get here. He did. Got lost. The next time he went back, he knows not to follow his GPS, but he gets talking to his wife and passes the exit, ends up like three hours away before he realizes it, and missed the service. He's going for a conference. Missed the service the right way. Was precious. Will you hear his wife tell that story? The right way is precious. Brethren, we're born into this world lost. I wish people understand they're lost, just lost, going the wrong way. And you won't even accidentally go the right way because your will is to go the wrong way. We're lost. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the way. In him, you do not have to ask for directions. He'll give you an ear. When you hear it, you say, that's it. That's it. Because you know why you say that's it? Because someone's preaching him, preaching Christ. The right way is precious. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Love is precious to people. Oh, it's precious. And I have told many people, I've told a couple of different preachers, you're getting ready to come here, and I said, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. This is the most loving people. You're just going to love them. And I got here this morning and got some hugs. It just, oh, I'm so thankful. Love is precious. I know wealthy people, very wealthy people, who are absolutely, utterly miserable. Because nobody loves them. Even their own family doesn't love them. And it's so sad. And if they got any sense at all, they'd trade all that wealth for love. I know a man, a wealthy man, family refuses to come visit him on Father's Day. And he's so sad, nobody come visit me. I bet you he'd trade it all for love, for the love of his family. It's an astounding miracle of God's grace. He set his eternal love upon a people, a people who are undeserving, a people who are rebels. He set his love on those people and gave himself for them. And this love is an everlasting love. Not only does it not have an end, it doesn't have a beginning. If it had a beginning... We'd never have it because we never did anything to deserve it. It's everlasting love. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Love is precious to those who are unlovable. Christ is the precious father to the orphan. He's the precious husband to the widow. He's the precious great physician to those who are sin sick. He's the precious shelter from a stormy blast He's the great rock that provides shade in the heat of the desert of this world. He is precious. He's everything we need and everything that we are not. Now, there are a few things in God's word that are called precious. The first one is his word. In 1 Samuel 3, 1, the word of the Lord was precious precious in those days. The written word is precious. All these things that are described in scripture that are precious, you know why they're precious? Every one of them relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is his word precious? Why is the written word so precious? Because the written word is the incarnate word, the Lord Jesus Christ. His word is precious. In 2 Peter 1, Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. These precious promises that are found in God's word. Precious is a good word to describe them, isn't it? The promise of redemption. The promise of eternal life the promise of grace and mercy, the promise of his coming, the promise of eternal glory. The only way you would ever believe that someone born a sinner could be a partaker of the divine nature is because of the precious promise of God's word. We'd never believe it if it wasn't in God's word. And this word, like I said, is precious because it is the incarnate word, the Lord Jesus Christ. God's thoughts unto us. Psalm 139. David has something to say about this. Psalm 139. God's thoughts unto us. In verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Is it precious to you that the Lord thinks on you? Is it precious to you to find your name written on his breastplate as he hung on Calvary's tree? Is it precious to you that you could, like the thief on the cross, pray, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom? Could you possibly remember me? Would it be possible that you'd think on me? And his answer, today, shalt thou be with me in paradise. I won't forget you. I won't forget you. His thoughts are precious. Faith is precious. Peter talked about like precious faith. Faith is precious because there's no salvation without faith. It's by faith that we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And faith is precious because faith looks to Christ, who is preciousness, who is the whole price He is precious unto you that believe, that have faith. And the blood of Christ is precious. Precious. We're not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. And let me give you this in closing. There are some things in Scripture that are called precious to the Lord, precious to God. And you know where I'm going. It's the death of the saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And like I said a little while ago, that might not be precious Dust always, or precious to us completely. But to that believer that's been called home, his death is precious. David had everything. Materially, and so many, I mean, he had many, many trials, I know, but materially, he had everything. And he said, I'm going to be satisfied one day. It's not when I get more stuff. It's not when I build a bigger house. I'm going to be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And the only way that's going to happen is for this body of flesh to die and be taken out of this world of sin, out of this body of sin, and be in a perfect world, in a perfect body. Now, listen, not just to be in heaven, not just to be on Easy Street, floating around on a cloud playing a harp. I don't know how to play a harp. What is David going to be satisfied with? What's precious to him? To be with Christ, who is preciousness. That's more my soul can comprehend. The death of the saints is precious to the Lord because this is the event that brings his child home to be with him. I can understand a little bit about that. Jan and I are empty nesters. Holly, come home for the weekend. It's been a good week. We look forward to it. It's been a good weekend. In Isaiah 43, verse 4, the Lord said, I gave all these things for you. I gave Ethiopia and Seba. I gave nations for you because you were precious in my sight. That's why this death, the death of the saints is precious to the Lord. Have I made my point? Just add one point. He is precious. Now, it's easy to see how Christ can be precious to me. Like Todd Nybert says, Stevie Wonder can see that, how Christ could be precious to me. It's not easy to see how someone like me can be precious to him. Couldn't believe it. He didn't say it. It wasn't in his word. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he's precious. All right. Well, the Lord bless you.